The final season of Power Book 2, Ghost, begins. And for Tariq St. Patrick, it's the moment of truth. In the wake of being betrayed, pushed out of the drug game, and almost killed, Tariq is out for revenge. Will he prove to be like his father and do whatever is to be done to protect his family and his future? Or is he his own man? Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears. Real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well... We had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. This is Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., a production of The Black Effect and iHeartRadio. <laughs> I'm Steve Smith Sr. And I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It. Cut To It. We ask the questions you always want to know, but no one ever asks. Let's cut to it. So, Meredith, congratulations on getting married. Congrats. Congrats. Thank Our producer you. Meredith Look is at, now. She got that wedding is, glow. Is now married. Huh? <laughs> no longer living in sin. <laughs> Thank you so, for bringing that up as well. So, uh, you, Hi, Mom. you are going, so you have not, you decided to not drop, drop the Meredith. Car- Carter is your la- was your last name, but mm-hmm. technically it currently still is your last name. And why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why, why Why? are you keeping Carter? Because I've been Meredith Carter for 36 years. Oh, okay. It's so a you, long time. You, you've been solo. So no one has got, no one has, no one has earned the right to have your hand in marriage until Jimmy. Until Jimmy. And so by, but so after walking down the aisle with him and telling him <laughs> I do, you're saying I do, but not on my last name. <laughs> Not all. I don't James. do all. I don't do all. Not that. on my last name, James. Yeah, why can't he be Jimmy Carter? I mean, it the was great a, name. It was Excuse president. Me? Excuse me. Wasn't that a president? That was president yeah, it was right? Jimmy Carter. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a historian. Yeah. Why are why you? I, why are you uh, shucking and driving? Shucking on, the, uh, and on the last name, huh? I just say, need no, a minute. Say the truth. Say the truth. So we hit record, so you don't want to tell you. You don't want everybody to know. No, I just got married a week ago. It also takes a lot. It's a lot of effort to change your last name, by the way. Yeah, I remember what my wife went through. It is a lot of paperwork. You got you got to do a lot, but that's part of the deal when you get married, right? I think. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of deals. There's Meredith Carter hyphen Philbin. There's okay. Meredith Philbin. There's Meredith. How about you, Carter? Why, why are you Why are you shilly Why don't you want to? So for me, I struggled for a while. I wanted my daughter to keep. 
I want I want my daughter to keep. Well, I wanted it, and then Angie changed my mind after oh, several. So you several, you changed your position on. She changed my position, but I still sometimes I still want my kids to have a a prenup. Okay, but what was the the the, the it, thought on keeping the last name even for your daughter when she gets married? Because she's my else? damn child, and <laughs> and Smith and Smith has weight. That's why. Like if she marries some dude named. I, I was going to say Jimmy, but uh-huh. I like Jimmy. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't want to disrespect Jimmy. But if you marry some dude named Ricky Johnson, okay, then her name would be Bailey Johnson. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. That, when he goes in Charlotte and he wants to, you know, they say it's all booked up. Uh-huh. Well, it's, it's uh, Ricky Johnson. Mm-hmm. Well, Ricky, we don't, we still don't have anything. Mm-hmm. Well... I'm with Bailey Smith. Oh, Steve Smith's daughter. Oh, yeah. So you flex, we, oh, it's the fle- the flex <laughs> aspect. So it's not here's here's it's not the flex. You know what it is? What's that? Is the it, it is the glow. It's it's what being a Smith is. Like I I, I feel like I I text my family Smith gang. Hmm? Like there's we, there's there's a like the little Johns. That's Correct. a gang. That that's the Fushis. Hmm. Yeah, it's your clan. Yes, that's my clan. Hmm. And I don't want this average Joe to come in here and let me just say how I want to. Just fuck up the flow, bro. <laughs> like, I, I, I just want to, you know, just kind of, you know, just just want to be something. Gotcha. So, all I, 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 but I do understand that really minimizes him and makes him more inefficient or makes him feel less than. And I don't want to do that. Hmm. But I struggle with it. But she is going to have to get that prenup. Because if if something were to happen to me and my wife right now, we would be dividing up a whole lot of things. And it's not things that in like monetary, but just memories and stuff that we've accumulated for our family. And I don't want some dude or some chick to just come in and have a piece of that. And they weren't part of the bones and the sacrifice of being made for my family that, that started, you know, 20 something years ago so future son-in-law <laughs> you will be in the words of Kanye West we won't prenup we won't prenup <laughs> so I, I just struggle with it a little bit if I'm being real I, I, well I, especially you can't you can't if, if it's Ricky Johnson I man, mean that guy you cannot Ricky trust John- Ricky hey, Johnson Ricky Johnson better come in with a fly outfit Ricky Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just I'm just saying right all right, so Meredith, what's the decision? You got to make it right now. Yeah. Right now, make do? a decision. On a national podcast. On a national podcast? Yeah. I, I think I'm probably going to become a Philbin. You there know, because then we have to have a plan. We've got to be the Philbins, you know? We, we got to have our because own plan. Then if you, but then if you have the hyphenated last name, then that means your daughter is going to have it. Yeah, and then they're so confused. They're in kindergarten and they're like, why is my name Luna Carter Philbin? You know, that's a lot for a kindergartner to say. It's a lot of letters. Luna. Oh, that's your, do- you already have the daughter's name, huh? No, that's just our dog's name. Oh. I thought that was, I thought that was in a journal. <laughs> oh, uh, I was like, wow, that's so cool. No, that's the dog's name. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't have a kindergartner with a hyphenated name. That's just so confusing. Yeah. Well, there it is. Well, you we had you make your decision. So, but think about it. If you, if if your child, you know, obviously this isn't. I'm not trying to sound racist, but if you, it, your child is not black, you gotta. Black folks, they go by two different names. 
like Deuce, like the other day. Oh, nicknames. The nicknames. Like my son Deuce, he knows. If I come to the house and I'm like, hey, Deuce. Uh-huh. He, he's watching TV. He knows there. Hey, Stevon. Oh, yes, daddy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all good with nicknames. Yeah. yeah we do. So your nickname, like even Deuce, like that's My son's he, nickname is Fat Man. My daughter's nickname is uh, Juice Box. It's, will it's they, a nickname. But will they go to school with that? That's a nickname. Everyone has a family nickname. So no, nah, he's not going to put Fat Man on like his uh, that's on his uh, that's on his Scantron. No, nah, when he's doing the test. Gangster. <laughs> right. I'm gonna even. I'm already speaking it into existence. Uh-huh. Twenty-four hundred on the SAT. Uh-huh. Fat, Fat Man, man Little John. <laughs> Super duper smart. Right. Right. But the little bit of jelly on there that had to deduct the point. <laughs> So, hey, who we got? Coming up on the Cut To It podcast, we've got Mike Golick Jr., the co-host of Cheney and Golick Jr. on ESPN. He played college football at Notre Dame, and he's the son of Mike Golick. Mike Golick Jr. on the Cut To It podcast. Our first segment is called Get Iced Up. You have no idea what's coming. Shoot, they I don't, don't even, either. Nobody has any nope. ideas. So, Smitty, Only person knows is me. And it's in my head right now, and I'm still figuring it out. So, first question. Uh, since you live alone and you, uh, you are a self-proclaimed lazy guy, uh, what's your go-to meal, breakfast and dinner? Uh, go to breakfast. So I've been trying to lose a little weight. So I go egg white omelet with usually a bowl of oatmeal and some blueberries. Go to dinner has largely right now been like one or two salmon fillets and then usually like asparagus or maybe I'll cut it up, put it into a salad. So I've been eating kind of mm. kind of bland lately. That's that's good, healthy eating. I ain't necessarily saying it's tasty. I'm trying to but figure it's nice out nice and healthy. Why are you why are you getting ready for football season, bro? All you're doing is watching. That See, that's the thing. And what I learned, so this will be my sixth fall at ESPN going through all this. And what I realized is, as I get ready to travel out and go do college games and spend all weekend on the couch watching, I tend to gain more weight than I okay. would like to, especially once I'm out on the road here. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to this year break the habit, get into a better routine, and see if I don't gain like the freshman 15 during football season. <laughs> Freshman 15. Based off your statement, favorite airport? Minneapolis. It's the perfect combination of big airport amenities. Huge. It's got the main concourse there. How about the, t- the top golf place that you can play the simulator? Yes. Yes. You got the, you got the golf simulator right there. Yep. Right below that in non-COVID times, there's also usually one of those um, like emotional like support dogs that they have out there. You can't use those anymore. No more emotional dogs. I know. So are you one of those guys that sees a cute dog and you go and like, ooh, I want to touch it? Are you one of those guys? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. I, uh, That's I'm so terrible. very well known for <laughs> Can I pet your walking dog? down like the beach and seeing random dogs and, and touching just them? going up and asking everyone if I can pet their dog. I'll tell if your dog wants... If someone's dog like looks my way and approaches me, I consider that an honor. And so if your dog wants a pet, if your dog wants to give me a kiss, I'm fine with that mm. too. So you just let random dogs kiss you? Says So you got dog face, lips. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Hence mm. why you're single. 
Yeah, that that could play yes. for it. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's, prob- there's probably a few reasons. Because if, cause if like you do that with dogs, probably low on the list. If you do that with if you dogs, do that with dogs, we know you know what's happening later when the lights come on yeah, at the lounge. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a different story when Look, the lights man. come on. So, shaving. Are you a razor guy? Like the you know the the clippers, or you use use a razor straight edge. Uh, I do a bit of both, especially because like now I shave my head usually like once a week, and so I'll usually take everything down with clippers, mm-hmm. and then I'll take the straight la- uh, straight razor and edge all this up, and then bick this thing close to the skull. Mm. Yeah. Well, G doesn't have that problem, but uh, I'm a Gillette yeah. guy myself. Sometimes I have a, I went about three, four weeks without shaving. You know, COVID's like, I'm not going anywhere. You know, my longest journey is maybe to the kitchen. How was the hairline game? The hairline game was awesome. From where it started and stopped, that was the struggle. (laughs) (laughs) Like, where's it like, was it here or back yonder? So three years ago, it was about right here. Today, it's in the middle. And I got yeah. a little bit. It's yeah, it's struggle. Ooh, but I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a handsome yeah. bald head guy, so I think. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't really have a choice. I was thinking about growing it back out, oh. but um, yeah. Then I have my Stevie Wonder going. Yeah, I was gonna say let's 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 not have do you, that, bro. I love you too much for you to go out like I that. I love Stevie Wonder too, but that brother, <laughs> some dresses. Somebody got to let my man's know. I know. That's how you know he's blind. <laughs> No, and he ain't got no accountability partner. No. Because I'm not going to let you. I'm not letting you go out like that. Man, if your hairline is all the way back here. Mm, and But I look how long just say his no. hair is. What's, what's left of it. I know. That's terrible. All right. <laughs> so, okay, let's go. Let's let's get into it. Where are you from and the place you call your hometown? Uh, so, I am, I'd say I'm from Connecticut. So, my hometown is Avon, Connecticut. I was born in South Jersey. Like we moved around a lot when my dad was finishing up playing. I was born when he was still with the Eagles. Mm -hmm. And so I moved around a bunch, but when I was in third grade, dad started working with ESPN full-time out here in Connecticut. So we got here then I've lived in Connecticut, you know, between here and going away for college and other stuff for the better part of 23 years. So Avon, Connecticut would be the hometown. What is the state flower? for Connecticut the state flower for Connecticut for some reason I want to say like the white lotus I don't think that's right but it's what's what came to mind first I have no idea I just thought I randomly (laughs) asked you I thought you at least had the answer for I do I do know the state tree is the white fur okay Mm. I believe I know that random Connecticut fact about the tree actually about the flower yeah, no, listen, again, I'm trying to reflect. This is like radio bullshit 101, right? We're padding, we're padding. Yeah. The thing that I know here, yeah. so it's, I love because uh, yeah, no. you had a face like, well, if you don't know, why'd you ask me? <laughs> well, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to throw you off a little bit just because it's sometimes I, I like to do that just to see, hey, like, who knows to say flower? No one. That's the whole point. Just to kind of just... No. Just keep you on your P's and Q's. Yeah, I know you know you know a lot of sports, but you can care less about the flower and the tree. I just thought I'd throw that out there. 
apparently, man, I got to lock into my flower stuff now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get on your flower game. You know, let's just jump right into it. I, I'm gonna just say how I feel about it, and I and I'll let you kind of go for for it. But you know, watching you over the years, you do a fantastic job, right? But initially, when I first saw you on, and understanding media and how there's only so many seats, but there's a umpteen athletes that want to do this or feel they can do it. And I was a little, I felt some type of way at first, you know, I was like, man, Mike Golda Jr. Only reason he's on there because of his dad. And yet me being part of the business now and seeing you may be on there because it, you know, you may have gotten your opportunity because of your dad or the last name, but you earned your spot. And I just want to tell you, man, I think you do a fantastic job. You on, on the radio show, you know, but then just seeing you do the games, have so much respect and admire how you come across. You come across very well polished. Mm. There's some things you do. I see your dad in you as well, right? I see your tattoo game is uh is is steady increasing, is getting better. But just seeing you grow up under your dad and understanding and now knowing this business, how you get in is how you get in, but how you stay is on your own merit. Mm-hmm. And what I love about you know cut to is we just kind of just keep it one hundred. What has that transition been like for you? Because you are Mike Golick Jr. That's the name that you were given. That was the parents that you were blessed with. But some people who are getting into the business or attempting to get in the business, you know, they they frown upon it. They look at you and kind of go, uh, you know, they say whatever they're going to say. What has that been like for you personally? And how have you overcome that and just kind of dealing with the with the shade that comes with it just because of, um, you know, the opportunities you've been given and taking advantage of it and ex- and ascending with that small opportunity. Yeah. I, I think for me, I, I had a lot of good practice in that with football, honestly, because the nepotism comments were things that I heard even when I was growing up trying to play ball. Like mm. you mentioned what comes with dad being who he is. I always said I had the perfect role model. Like I, I grew up wanting to be my dad my entire life. Him and my mom were, you know, unbelievable role models for me and my siblings. And so I just looked and said, all right, what were the things that made him him? Football was one of the things that made him him. So I gravitated that game and I was, you know, a heavy set, aggressive little kid. So it kind of worked out well. But then you start going on, you start setting goals. It's like, all right, I want to go to Notre Dame and play ball because that's what my dad did. That's the place I grew up loving. And so you get everyone then saying, all right, you're only getting that opportunity because of your dad, because of your last name. And so I, I, I know you appreciate this. I mean, the best part about sports and the way I always approached it, especially as a young player, you know, in sports, going to college or a young broadcaster getting into this is I'm not going to say much. I'll keep my head down. I'll let the work speak for itself. I understand I'm going to come in with extra sets of eyes on me and people feeling some type of way. When I came into this job, I said, if anyone looked at me and said, that guy shouldn't be here and this is BS and I can't stand the kid, I would have totally understood it. That's why I was not going to come in and act like I was anything other than what it was. Someone who was lucky they had the last name that they did, who loves what I'm getting into, but also knows, all right, I got to go in and work twice as hard then. I got to take every opportunity 
and show up and show them I am going to be prepared. I am going to be easy to work with here. I'm going to understand whatever the assignment is, whether it's radio, whether it's calling games, whether it's digital, whether it's podcast, and say, what do I need to do to be prepared for this? And then knock that out of the freaking park. Same way I had to do as a player because I wasn't the most athletically gifted guy in the world. I wasn't the biggest, strongest guy in the world. So I always had to overcompensate in those other areas, the way I watched film, the way I went about taking care of my body and things like that. And so I just applied all that same up stuff. I got here, I kept my head down and I said, I will take every opportunity related to this I can. And I'll just try and show people. I don't need to tell people a damn thing. I'll try and show people that I care about this job. I understand and I want to honor the opportunity that I got. Cause I know a lot of people won't get that. And that, you know, that part, they'll always be a little bit of guilt about that. But all I can say is, all right, if this is what I really wanted to be doing, and this is something I really love and want to do, then I can honor the opportunity with the way I work. I can honor the people who wish they could have had that opportunity and at least say, all right, didn't go to some lazy shit who's not going to do anything on this. I'm going to go in here. I'm trying to make sure, all right, I keep channeling my energy into these places because, you know, I'm five years into this, but I still feel very much like a rookie, feel very much like Mm. someone with something to prove. And so I, I just, I think that's the only way I've been able to combat it. And if people still feel some type of way, I don't hold that against them. Like I can understand if people went the traditional route or had to come up another way, look at me and see something that they resent. That's fine. All I can do is show up, know that this is the job I love doing, know that I think I'm good at it at this point, know that I'm going to work my absolute ass off to make sure it stays that way. I love Cut To It, and I, I love it even more when you download us and subscribe. And you can follow us on social media too, Smitty. Where where at? That's at Cut To It on Instagram. What about Twitter? At Cut To It. Facebook? Cut To It featuring Steve Smith Sr. What about online? And you can follow us at CutToItPodcast.com where you can buy merch and you can subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. I got all my answers. Question, uh, I got all my questions answered. That's what I'm here for, brother. Cut to it, podcast.com. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? 
which team is going to make this year their year. These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Now, Steve, you just nodded your head when he said he feels like a rookie. Why do, why do, why do both of you who have been in this media we, I industry. I didn't realize it. Five years. This yeah. is my fifth year, too. So both of y'all, five years. Twinsies, Ebony and Ivory. I'm not a good singer, sorry. It's, it's, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Oh, no, I, listen, I like that. I was giving you space to keep going if you wanted to. No, I you don't want that. Second stanza. <laughs> Our producer, Brian, just <laughs> you got you to pay for that one. <laughs> But no, five years in for both of y'all. Why do you? Why do both? You nodded your head. I mean, Mike, you said it. Why still feel like rookies? Someone's gonna hear. Someone's gonna hear that and say you're a rookie. Like you for sounds me, like you're a vet. Nah, for me, last year COVID really changed the dynamic of things, and now things are opening back up, and we're going back on the road and starting to and starting to have a little bit of consistency. I feel. Like I started all over again, like, oh, I got to get on the airplane again. I got to mm-hmm. study because the way things were so condensed last year, mm-hmm. right? Doing Thursday night from the house, staying up till one in the morning, you controlled. There was only so much we can talk about because we weren't in the stands. There weren't mm-hmm. fans there. So you couldn't say, man, I felt the momentum change. Mm-hmm. There is no momentum change. You can hear people cursing at each other. You know, from the TV. Mm-hmm. So it was so quiet. So now going back out there, it's like, oh, oh, yeah. I have to have a clear bag. You know, you can't yeah. just all those little small things. And then obviously, you know, bring my mask and um, do this, stand in line, traffic, airport traffic, security, uh, TSA, like all of those little small things that. For the last 18 months, we haven't really been dealing with. I mean, you know, you hop on an airplane a little bit, but now to go every week, there's a new place. Every week, there's a new hotel. Mm -hmm. You're going to be physically Mm -hmm. interacting with someone. You forget. Mm -hmm. And so now I I feel like it's my first year all over again. Wow. I got to restart, relearn, repair build up relationships from people that I haven't been able to see in two years or 18 months. And they're not comfortable just, you know, spilling their guts about the team via text. So, you know, you got to kind of talk to them face to face. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of that. We just had like our big college football meeting at ESPN and via we zoom. Talking, it was Y'all had a via, via zoom. zoom. Yeah. Via, via zoom, like everybody else. So learning how to do that a different way. And we had these like breakout sessions and Dusty Dvorak, who does a great job as an analyst for us, got on and he talked about just what Steve was mentioning there. And he brought that up. He goes, it's a new team for us again this year and we get to be around each other in person. And so it's not only not taking that for granted, 
but remembering, hey, you can you can be a leader the way you go about this. Make sure you know know everybody on your team. Make sure you're putting everybody in a position to win. And that takes work that we haven't done in the last year in that same way. So it's it's equal parts that for me. And I always say it just because like, you know, I, I did not have a pro career. I went to three training camps. I got cut at the end of those training camps. Like it was what it was, but I spent three years trying to hammer through that door and didn't make it. I was an undrafted free agent offensive lineman. So the road was always going to be tough. And I always still kind of feel like the undrafted guy walking into a lot of these situations where that's a hard mentality of, all right, I got to show up every day and try and prove to you why I'm supposed to be here. Like you can ask my dad, I always used to joke and like, he would laugh at it because my dad looks at the situation and, and sees things were progressing well for me and all that stuff. And I said, every day I show up and my badge still works. That's, that's a win. Like, and, and the goal is to make sure that happens again tomorrow. And it, you know, it doesn't work like that. It's not like, you know, someone's waiting or the Turks waiting to cut me or anything like that, but it's just kind of that feeling I can't ever shake at least not at this point. Something you said also too, I want you to expound on this. You said you feel guilty. Why do you, what do you feel guilty about? Well, just like you said, that I know that as like a general idea, nepotism is something that can take opportunities from people that are really struggling to get them and go about them in the traditional ways. And so maybe guilty is not even the right word, but I understand like, all right, there was like, there are, we talked about this all the time, whether it's sports or otherwise, like there's X amount of seats at the table here. And so if you're occupying one from someone who's been doing this a long time, and, and, you know, there is something that says, all right, I kind of owe it to all of these people. And you hear it all the time, like these people that say, I've been working all the time for this, or I came up through local and did this. Mm-hmm. And so there is a little bit of understanding that, all right, there are a lot of people that would kill for this opportunity. And so it's just, it's kind of something that sticks in my head of, all right, I got to go earn this every day because I know I got to jump in front of the line a little faster than a lot of people get to. And but there's, see, you know, that, that. Kind of feeling I being love watched. what you just said, jumped in front of the line, which means you still had to you still had to stand in line. Some people don't think you had to stand in line at all. Some people think you oh you got a great opportunity you, you just got this opportunity. Like <clears throat> I meet players all the time now going back to training camps and stuff. I had three or four guys uh, uh, over the last couple of weeks literally tell me, <clears throat> man, I want to do your job. And I want to I want to do your job and I want to do this. And they ask me, you know, how did you how did it start? Not telling the you know the long slash short version of doing local radio, then doing XM, you know, working with your dad on Mike and Mike while I was playing. And they and then after I started going through, and they kind of look at me like, man, I didn't sign up for this shit. Like, yeah. so I just want to know how you got the job, bro. And so, I'm like. This is how I got the job. And so that's the back end. I think that everyone doesn't see whether it's in sports media or whatever, but you got to put the work in on the back end. Like his last name may have gotten him in the door, but just like he's saying, he's got to prove himself each and every day. If he didn't do that, then he'd be just, he should be just as much as out as anyone else. But people don't, people never want to see the the back end story. They don't want to see that. All right. Steve Smith is in this position because, Maybe because of Steve Smith, the name, but yeah, you were doing, you were running the board at a local radio station. Everyone won't put that same amount of work in. Everyone won't put in the same amount of work that Mike did to keep him there. Yeah, Yeah, you might have got expedited to the front of the line. It happens. Expedited in the line. That happens, but you got to put the work in on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, too, is like, it, it is where you start. Also, like, when I say I jumped to the line, the first job I got at ESPN was, 
Sunday mornings, 9 to 1 Eastern, a show called Fantasy Focus. It was a four-hour radio show talking fantasy football heading into the 1 o'clock window there. That was it. I I showed in and did that once a week. And as the year went along, if they needed someone else to fill in on any show with anybody, jump in. I was I was doing it, and it was mainly weekends. Like they weren't letting me near the weekday lineup and stuff. <laughs> so, like they were, and I wasn't blaming them. Like God, if I went back and listened to some of those shows now, I'm sure they'd be awful. But it was that. It was you know continuing to do that, and then transitioning into the four to six a.m. slot before Mike and Mike doing that with you know Robin Lumberg as a partner at first, and then doing solo radio from four to six in the morning for three and a half years. Whoa, 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 whoa! Four to six. Yeah. Ooh. Man. See? That's what I mean. It See? Was, yeah. Coaches driving into work and truck drivers listening <laughs> to me. Like, my bosses weren't even up listening to me at that point. But it was reps every day in front of a microphone. It was the most valuable thing that I have done yeah, yeah, so I, far. I, I, I want to break this to down. do that every day. Four to six. That means you got up at, you got up at least two something to get ready, right? Alarm went off at 2.30, was out of the house by like 2.45. How many times did you hit the snooze, though? Oh, I see. I'm So I'm a neurotic former offensive lineman. I had like six alarms (laughs) set every morning because I was terrified of being late for work. That that used to wake me up. When I used to do a Sunday show, it was on that uh, call time was at 5.15. Had to be at the the, uh, studio for – Four four oh five, and then I hit the snooze. Nope, push it, you push seven, the limit. Seven minutes and thirty five seconds was my snooze. That seven minutes felt good, didn't it? No, that thirty five <laughs> minutes felt that thirty five <laughs> seconds. That extra thirty five seconds <laughs> that was the make or break. Oh, that's and snooze. then I'll get up that's, and wake up in the shower. The the snooze sleep is good. It's risky though. That's probably why it's nah, risky. I had to, that's seven thirty five. <laughs> Just you start this. Okay, I I'm, I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. I used to go yep. to sleep scared, though. <laughs> Have you ever went to sleep scared? Oh, so the first time I ever, um, I wasn't even filling in, but I was getting to come over and do like an hour. So this was a couple of years into that where they let me come over and fill in on like an hour portion of Mike and Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When it was, you know, it was still Mike and Mike at that point. I slept for 45 minutes that night. I was like, I'm going to get up there and say something dumb. I'm going to cuss on air. They're never going to let me back here. Like I was night before a game nervous and slept for maybe 45 minutes before that. Just like could not get myself to settle down. That is the worst. I've been, I've done that too. Where you just kind of like you, or you wake up every hour checking the clock. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's, Oh. And it's and people be like, oh, he looked like he was out all night. No, brother's struggling. He <laughs> want to oversleep. <laughs> In at nine, yeah, you sitting there sleep. It's three. It's not yet. It's not yet. Four, five. <laughs> <laughs> now, now your heart's oh, in, gotta, your, in your in your shoe. Yeah. You got an alarm set on the phone. You got yes. an alarm set on another clock in the room. You got to put one across the room. So if all else fails, you got to get up to get that one. Or the um, one time I foolishly did. Had them call me from downstairs. Oh, that'll scare and, the and one time they out of you. well they called me and I'm in the shower. Damn, they almost died trying to get <laughs> get get to the phone because they'll keep calling. They'll keep calling. <laughs> I hit when you naked. Whoa! Oh no, just listen. When you naked, meaning you don't have socks on, you just got bare feet. You hit that water and that you try to hit that curb in the bathroom. Whoa! Woo-wee. 
almost an accident. I'm bleeding out. <laughs> you get that little hydroplane. <laughs> exactly. that, that'll wake you up more than any shower, by the way, too. That first time you like almost slip on something at like 3.30 in the morning. Yep. Wide awake, ready to go. The worst thing, though, the glass uh, shower door uh-huh. walks straight into it. Oh, I forgot it was there. It reminded you. Thought it was open. She was closed. (laughs) (laughs) And that's happened to you before, too. I call myself all kind of stuff. Yep. That'll that'll wake you up and humble you. Yeah. (laughs) It's nothing like walking into that glass door that uh, that you thought was open and it's really not. And you run smack into it. It's it's happened to the best of us, please. Yeah. Has it happened to you? Yeah, it happened to me at uh, work once. It yeah. was pretty embarrassing. Oh, yeah. at work? At work, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's that, that's that's embarrassing. Dang. So what, they, did they nickname you for a couple of days? Nah. I, yeah. Did a lot of people see it or just a few? There's only like two or three. So I I, I, I dusted myself off, kept yeah. it going, kept it moving. How was the setup? How did you walk in? Into- it was uh, one of those like glass, uh, fishbowl kind of conference rooms. Oh, and it looked, I mean, it's yeah. just, you know, straight... Thin glass, so yeah. you couldn't tell if it was open or closed. And there happened to be, you know, it was, it was a little bit of sun. Sun was in my eyes. I walked smack into it. Trying to? Did you walk into it trying to go into the meeting? Leaving. <laughs> oh, I heard it was kadoom. Yeah, it was. It was. It was, it was, bad. It was bad. It's all good. Hopefully Players it was. Hopefully it wasn't like I'm leaving. Nah. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> Actually, we're going to lay you off after that. <laughs> Actually, I've been kicked out of better homes than this. <laughs> What's, um, what, what has been a process been like for you at, at ESPN? You know, we see this big old, you know, what they call it the car wash, but you see just this big old institution cranking out content left and right. You know, there's I, I've been there. And they've always, you know, I've been there several times and they've switched it. You know, it's been, it's always been a campus, but it's not, it hasn't always been the glorious campus that it is today. Yeah, that was, that was the crazy part. Cause like I said, I grew up out here. So when I first got here and dad was working at ESPN, it was like three buildings. And yep. now it's, it is what you just described. It's a college campus. We've got this huge, you know, there used to be these big satellite dishes for everything, and now it's all gone digital. Like, yeah. it's, the growth of campus has been pretty wild here. And then, like, you get there on the inside, and I don't know. Like, I remember a lot of like the firsts. Like, you go around and you see the inside of the Sports Center studio yeah. for the first time, and you're looking around at this thing that, like, I would sit around in college and watch three times back to back during the course of a day, and you just kind of have those pinch yourself moments, and and. and I think for me, like getting opportunities to work with people that I had been watching mm. as like, you know, a high schooler and a college player and, and getting a chance to see them up close and then really just kind of see, seeing through them more of the stuff that I wanted to do. Like, obviously, I grew up with the, you know, the best role model for this, and, uh, you know, my dad and getting to see the way he did it up close for two decades was invaluable for me, but like getting to see like, you know, 
Michelle Beadle and Marcellus and that crew out in Sports Nation and the way that they made TV out there. I looked at that and said, all right, that's a really interesting way they're doing this. What can I take from that? Um, Michael Smith and Jamel Hill, when they were doing his and hers, I was like, wow. oh, okay, you're, you're doing a show with your friends, taking chances on air, and they're giving you the space to do that. Like, they were they were the cool kids table when I got to ESPN with Michael agree. and Jamel yeah. and all the stuff that they were doing. And I, I, I tell anyone who will listen, I am so indebted to them because again, you talk about how I came into ESPN. I was very self-conscious about being Mike Golick senior son around there and how people would perceive me. And Michael and Jamel treated me like me and they gave me opportunities on their shows. They took me in and treated me like a friend mm. and it, settled me down so much because these people that were you know at the time two of the most successful popular yeah. people and like unbelievably kind and nice and still are even you know not in our building anymore but just the fact that those people like reached you know reached out and made me feel at home really kind of helped start to settle me in it's like all right you can start to to be your own person here so you're gonna be ask, able to find an identity here let me ask you without mentioning names there you're talking about so many people that knew who your last name were, were and they just allowed you to be yourself and, and they looked past that How, without naming names and just really just talking about, talk about the other, the ugly side of the business, what you experienced and how you were treated because of your name. And, and this isn't about, you know, you outing people or any of that stuff, but just kind of giving our audience an understanding of what you see the final product, just like a football game, you see on Sunday or Thursday night or Monday mm -hmm. night, you're, you know, the shows you're on, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that people think, one, you're fed lines, that you don't have your own personality, you don't really know what you're talking about. Like, just go through that business aspect of it that no one really sees that you, you don't really reveal on social media mm -hmm. because- Nobody really wants to see the ugliness of of business, right? Like, I, this is a horrible analogy, but I'll say it. You know, love, me and a wife loved, and everybody here who's a parent, love making the kids. <laughs> but there are some days, depending on what illness they have, what time of day it is, or how early it is in the morning, man, you're like, God bless them, Right. <laughs> You know, whether it's a poopy diaper or somebody's throwing up at one in the morning and you half sleep, like just all that stuff that. And those are the teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was that was a good one. Yeah. But, you know, so tell us about oh, that part of it. The thing that we get hit with the most, especially at ESPN, is people act like, well, oh, they, they tell you what to talk about or they tell you you can't have an opinion on X, Y, or Z, especially, you know. A lot of times that's with subjects that come up that have to do with, you know, the intersection of race and sports and what's yep. going on in politics when they connect with sports and like stuff like that. And I was like, feedback is so hard to come by in general. Good feedback. Here. Like you True. have to seek, yeah, you got to seek people out and ask people that you trust and like have them do it because everyone's got their own job. They're worried about their stuff. And with how hard that is to come by, I'm always like, guys, they're, they're not going to take the time to come down to dictate every little thing I'm going to say on air here. Like, that is not how it works. And so, because I'm always, that always ticks me off because it's like, listen, you can sit here and blame ESPN and say they told you to say this, or 
you can realize that I got this opinion and then you've got to just have this conversation with me. You don't have the out of blaming it on somebody else and then washing this away. You're going to have to sit here and have this out with me. So that's, that's the most bothersome thing because we put a lot of work into that. Like when I get done with you guys, I'm going to go to our one o'clock show meeting and we're going to bat around ideas there and try and figure out, first off, what do we think anyone's going to be interesting in? What do we feel strongly enough about here? How can we make it interesting? Because for our time slot and, this was part of feeling like a rookie this past year was I went from doing the morning show with dad and Trey for the last you know two and a half years to now doing afternoon drive from four to seven. And by the time you get to us, you know, unless news yeah. breaks, you've heard these stories yes. two, three, four times. You've heard and it so 10 different right. ways by 10 different yeah. networks, mm-hmm. 10 different personalities, 10 different yeah. voices. You got the yellers, yeah. the screamers, the mumblers, the whistle. <laughs> You just have everything and people don't even realize that everything you're going through from four to six, you got to have two, two and a half hours of content. And then if something crazy breaks, you have to form your opinion about that immediately. That was the most interesting part about this year was learning how to do that. Like you talk about something new. We had been on the air for maybe a month, me and Shanae, and... We had a whole show ready to go again. Like, so we start at one o'clock and we start putting the show together from there. We're constantly in contact with our you know, producers and trying to make sure we give them stuff early enough so that the TV side of things, because we're on plus can have this queued up. And so then it is three fifty six, and all of a sudden it's, Hey, um, the Milwaukee bucks aren't going out on the court in the bubble. Hmm. And Hey, uh, the rest of the NBA they're all not going out tonight either oh. because of what went on in Milwaukee and the, you know, the violence and the violence by, by police officers and, and going on in the country then. And so we had to scrap the entire show and then immediately go into, all right, we got to get guests that are going to be able to tell us what's going on inside the NBA bubble, who are our people in there. And then, Oh, by the way, try and navigate, you know, you know, we were extremely fortunate at that point. Shanae's a current WNBA mm-hmm. player. She's playing with the Sparks still. Her sister, you know, she wasn't in the bubble because she was uh, dealing with coming back from injury. But her sister is the president of the WNBA PA. And so we immediately had to do, Steve, what you guys, you know, what we always hear about as former players is take people inside what's going on in that locker room. And in that space, it wasn't only take people inside what they're dealing with as a players association and leagues trying to go through and navigate this incredibly complex developing situation. But also then for Chanae, I was like, you're a, you're a black woman in this country having to watch all this stuff play out right now. And we had to have those conversations that we hadn't had together yet off air that we hadn't had time to plan for. We had to have them on air pretty candidly. Good do it, good do it, let's get down to it. Hey, Gerard, where did you get that T-shirt? You mean this thing? Oh, yes. I got it from CutToItPodcast.com, where we have exclusive merchandise. Shout out to our guys at 704 Shop. But yeah, you can go on, buy you a T-shirt, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. The final season of Power Book 2 Ghost is here, and no one's future is safe. After surviving a hit on her life, Monet, played brilliantly by Mary J. Blige, has to reckon with what led her to almost lose everything and to atone for the life she has forced her children to live. And on the other side of the coin, Davis, portrayed by the multi-talented Method Man, is suspended and on the verge of losing his law license. Desperate to survive, he fully embraces the criminal underbelly of his enterprise and finds himself working for both sides, loyal to whichever one benefits him most. And then, of course, there's Tariq, 
who finds himself at rock bottom and facing threats from every angle. With his future in the game in serious doubt and his family's safety on the line, will he lean into the St. Patrick name and do whatever has to be done to get back on top? Like father, like son. Power Book 2, Ghost, the final season. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. When the NBA championship is on the line, every pass, every shot, and every dribble is immediately, undeniably consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, real blood, and real tears. Trust me, I know what it takes to bring home a championship ring. The regular season is tough, but these games are a completely different level. Now is the time when legacies are made. The best team will bring home the Larry O'Brien Trophy and add their name to basketball history. Will we see a battle between marquee franchises or will we see a new champion crowned? Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? These are the moments of unscripted, pure entertainment that only happen on the hardwood. You've waited all season for this. It's time to take it to the next level. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. How does a guy who primarily, you know, dad played in the NFL, you know, you had your stand in the NFL, um, you're in New Jersey, in Connecticut. You know, I mean, you have no idea what it's like to go through what any of the people were going through or the stance that they were taking. How do you talk about a subject that you have no damn idea about? Mostly by listening. Like, wow. I, I okay. grew up in, like, I grew up in an incredibly like homogenous, like my town was basically all white. I, 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 I didn't want to assume, so I just to. let oh, you yeah. say it. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I went to, I mean, I, I mean, basically an all white middle school. My high school was a little different. I went to a, a Catholic high school right in the town where I actually live in now. And that was a lot more diverse group of people. So there I started to meet people with backgrounds that were way dissimilar from my own. And then the same thing happens. I'm in a college football locker room here. So now I'm around a lot of people that don't look like me and don't come from where I came from. Mm. And I was fortunate that I had friends that would sit down and talk with me about this stuff. And I just made the decision that I'm going to shut the hell up and listen to stuff mm-hmm. that I don't know about. That's cool. And so man, that's a, the that's... more I got to, yeah, it just, it, it, it became that where I was fortunate. I had friends that took the time to explain to me what they were going through. And I just, you know, tried to stop and listen along the way. And, and when people push back on that, when people that look like me push back on some of those things, I, I try and see if I can't be, you know, someone who says, all right, well, have you considered this perspective that this group of people have offered up here? Have you thought about it the, from the way that they're dealing with and having to go through these things, even if the perspective isn't your own? Because for a lot of people, they don't have the luxury of the experience I've had where they've got to sit. And not only like sit and talk with, you know, black, brown people from all different backgrounds, but then like, God, in a football locker room, you go through hell together. So like, I love so many things about this person and the way they handle themselves here. 
that's why I always get hung up when people try and like act like folks are lying about this stuff. I was like, you, <laughs> you, you, you love and go through so much and respect so much about who this person is to you in this locker room and your experiences mm-hmm. with them. And all of a sudden you assume that on this one thing that's so near and dear to them, they're going to lie to you about that. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, you, you brought up, I think just a remarkable answer and just listening, especially in a day and age on social media where everyone wants to respond not a lot of people say that they want to listen and you are very active on social media. Everyone seems to love it. They hate it. What do you love about social media? And then what do you hate about social media? Um, oof. What do I love is that it can expose you to a lot of different ideas. Like it's still, I think in its best form, a gateway to like longer form comment. Like I really enjoy following writers that I like on there, people that are content creators and other mediums there, people that bring opinions again from, you know, backgrounds and areas that I haven't been a part of. And you can get exposed to a lot of that just by the way the algorithm works there. And, you know, you get to interact with fans. Like I think in this job, especially, we're always looking for ways to try and figure out what fans are talking about or what the conversation looks like. And so that's a pretty unique window into that. The thing that I hate about it is anytime it actually takes away from living life away from the screen. Like I've tried to make like a really big habit of, especially now, because I mean, hell, most of my close friends are spread all over the country. So when I get a chance to see them, especially post pandemic, that time is precious. Those moments are limited. My family's the same way now. So, you know, it's almost a running joke in my family where if I'm visiting someone and that includes my family, you usually won't hear from me for that couple of days because I'm trying to keep the phone stuffed in my pocket. I'm trying to stay off social as much as I can and make sure that like the main thing is still the main thing. So when it gets a, it, when it gets in the way of the real life interactions, that's when it becomes bad for me. I hate social media. <laughs> <laughs> I really what do you hate? Well, I, uh, what do I hate? Oh, man. I, I I just dislike I just dislike you have there's really no gray anymore. It's either you know it's black or white, right? It's literally yes or no, love or hate. There's there's no in between. It, there's no like man. I can see your perspective. It's just like you're you're dumb. You're this. You're that. You don't know anything. That was great. It's never any like happy medium of, hey, um, you know, I was I was doing a couple of weeks ago. I, I was doing the Colts and Panthers game, and unfortunately, one of the players got hurt, right? And I just said, man, the way he looks, the way he hit. I know I'm not supposed to say it, but it looks like in the way he's responding, looks like he tore his ACL. Someone's on there. Um, the team showed me the guy. Literally, you're barely an analyst. Don't start trying to say whether guys hurt or not. Unfortunately, the guys hurt. So I was kind of right. And I so wanted our team to respond back to him like, hey, dumbass. I kind of know what I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. right? My job is to, as a receiver, I looked at body movement, right? Or the other thing, everybody came on, got on me so much. And I've been saving this one. Oh, oh, saving I know where it's going. Ah, is it what I text you? Is it what I text you? So some folks right now. You know, you remember uh, <laughs> when the Arizona Cardinals drafted Kyler Murray? You remember that? And I was on the show, and the next day, Josh Rosen goes ahead and 
he unfollows the Arizona Cardinals. And I went in on him like, man, this kid, blah, 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 blah. And I got so – and everybody, Steve, you're a dirtbag. You're this, you're that. Four years later now, that brother is parking – actually, no, he got a lot of money to not play, so he's not <laughs> parking any cars. But it's just like everybody was on me. How dare you, this and that. Now, four years later, hmm, handsome boy genius was correct. <laughs> but <laughs> – I guess no box of cookies. No one's sending me any flowers, congratulating me. Nothing. Cleo didn't send me anything saying that I foresaw <laughs> what she was. Yes. Call me now for your free reading. <laughs> <laughs> Call me now. Oh, yes. <laughs> you brought up Cleo. Man, yes. We hit him with the deep cuts going, Miss Cleo. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh. When you want your reading, call Smitty. <laughs> Smitty Psychic Services. Smitty Psychic. We got to make. He a, may not. We got to put you on a meme now. Yeah. It may come a lot longer, but he'd tell you it's gonna come. <laughs> but yeah, and and so so many people just had so many bad things to say, and that was four years later. Now all those mamma jammers. It's been four years. It's been four years. Yep. Wow. It's been four, it, yeah, it's been four years, bro. What four teams in four years? And it is amazing too. People will always come out of the woodwork years later to remind you when you're wrong. But oh when yeah, you're right. Yeah, mm. when I'm right, not mm -mm. a peep. Nope. So let me roll this thing back up and uh, take it off the table now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I was here when you dusted it off. <laughs> he started laying all that stuff. I, I thought you would never ask. <laughs> Mike Golick Jr., what makes you tick, man? Who are you? Outside of all the sports stuff and your dad, just, you know, just remove the junior. Who who are you? Um, when I when we see you the next time on television or hearing you talk about college football or doing the games that you do an excellent job on, who who are you? Who who is the who is the man that 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 everybody knows who his father is, but not necessarily have a great understanding who the who you are independently outside of your family family name. Yeah, yeah. I, I think for me, my my goal is to always be a great teammate, like whatever whatever part of life that is. So if you see me on you know a TV or radio program or doing a game. And or you work with me in one of those, my goal is to hopefully always come out of that, leaving the impression that, all right, I, I was going to do whatever I could to make sure that everyone there succeeded. Because mm. like, we all got a job, like we got different titles and all this thing, but we're all here to put a show on here. And I want to make sure that everyone's getting what they need to succeed. And, you know, that for me goes off the field too. Like I said, I got you know, family that all lives in different spots. Now I have my close friends who all live in different spots. Now they all have young kids, some of whom I'm godparent to, but for the rest of them, I'm uncle Mikey. And so I want to be there for all of those people. I want to make sure that, you know, the people that take, I take care of the people that take care of me. Hmm. And so, however that looks, whether it's being there in person to support them, whether it's a phone call or anything like that, like I, I 
I like to think that no matter what I'm doing, I'm always trying to go out of my way to be a good teammate. And that's not a thing that's, you know, for me to say. I don't know whether I'm getting a passing grade on that or not, but Hmm. that's usually the intention I'm trying to walk into the situation with, which is, all right, you know what? I had a unique experience in the way that I've gone through my life here. I I I have an opportunity to be able to share that with people. And in the process of that, I just always want to make sure all right, I am fortunate in a lot of ways. And I mean, that's, you know, outside of just the opportunity to yeah. end, I grew up not wanting for much. Like I grew up with, you know, with a, with a good life that my parents made for me here. And so it's like, all right, you started off at a certain spot on the ladder here. Can you not only go higher, but can you try and bring people with? Can you try and make sure that you're so, getting opportunities where it's possible? So let me ask you this then. Is it, is it, so what you've experienced as a kid, is it a step up? Now you're adult or step down? Um, I think that's honestly still TBD, right? Like I'm at a good place for where well, I'm Well, I say at. that I lighting still... in the back will say it's a step down. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, listen, if we're talking about just a house, it's a step down. <laughs> Mom and dad got nicer houses. Yeah. <laughs> like they, got, they got plural. I have, I have this one, so... It's a step down from there. I was just at their house in South Bend here, and coming back, I just like look around for a second. I'm like, "Shit, all right, we still got work to do." <laughs> but honestly, that part's cool too, because yeah. like I got, but like uh, Kyle Rudolph, who plays for the Giants, was uh-huh. one of my roommates in college. Sly His daughter, my mm-hmm. goddaughter. Yeah. And um, <laughs> you know, like I was just at Kyle's house two weeks ago in Minnesota, and it is this like gorgeous, beautiful, huge home on the lake out there. And it's like not one of those things where it's like ever a jealousy thing, but it's a motivator to see the people around you accomplishing at a high level. Like everyone always talks about, you know, the circle you keep and you being a reflection of that. Like I always look around and like take a lot of pride in the fact that my friends are doing well as parents, you know, in whatever their respective careers have been and stuff like that. And so uh, it's it, the same with my parents. Like, God, I, I, how, how much prouder could you be of two parents than yeah. of my mom and dad and what my dad's accomplished and, you know, what my mom has helped him with so much behind the scenes that no one sees the thankless jobs that she's done along the way. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I don't know where I am on that. That's, that's part of the story still getting written, but I know I came in with a great opportunity, mm-hmm. a little bit ahead of that. And I have, you know, kind of taking moments here or there. Like my moment every year where I kind of sit back and like, you know, reflect on everything is always the national championship in college football. It was yeah. a game that I was fortunate enough to play in as a player. I've gotten to cover it every year. I've been here at ESPN. And so you just get there and it's like, all right, like, you know, how, how have I changed in the last year since mm-hmm. we were here last year? What have we gone? What have I gone through? Or, you know, what's, what's improved? What have we accomplished here? And then, you know, where do we go from there? So that's, that's kind of the cool spot to do that every year. And then where we're sitting right now, you know, a lot of work to get done, but still feeling, feeling pretty good about where we're at. Certainly proud of a lot of the stuff, the stuff I've put on tape so far. Well, what you put on tape is excellent, man. I'm going to just tell you how I listen to you. I watch you. There's a, a limited number of seats at ESPN, at NFL Network, at Fox. You are just like me. We're grateful for our seats, but we also, we don't get up every day saying, man, you know, I need to be grateful. You, you, your grind and you willing to study says that, you know, you can't come to work not knowing your job. Like If you don't know your job over time, you will get exposed. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also one of those things where you haven't rested on your laurels. You haven't been like, man, I'm Mike Golick Jr. So I just come 
and I'll half-ass do it. You, you, I've seen and watched, and I'm just man, it's pretty cool, bro. Man. No, I appreciate that. I'm I, listen, and and you mentioned that last name. I could not be prouder. Like there is yeah. of all the things in that, I can promise. I've always said the last name has been a blessing. Like yes, people sir. always do ask what the you know what the drawbacks have been to being. I was like, man, if if they're there, they're so small in comparison to what the benefits have been. Like. I know what a good marriage is supposed to look like. Mm. I know the way people love each other and how they're supposed to treat each other that's looks cool. like and how you're supposed to treat other people, let alone all the work stuff that's been great. So no, that's uh the last the last name is something I definitely try and make sure I go out there and honor because a, a lot of people know it. Like that's been the cool part, man. I got to share my family with a lot of other people. Mm. Like through that show, it was a family show. So they got to meet the people that I see all the time and, and see a little bit of what makes them tick and, and see why I'm so proud of them. We asked your dad this. If you can change your name, what name would it be? Your first name. Ooh. Ooh, man. So mine I was not thought about that. Mine was Bishop. <laughs> Bish. Bish. Your dad called me Bish. <laughs> Take that and make as many jokes as you and, want and to, because I went crazy with and it. And yeah. His was his was Biff. Biff from Back to the Future. Yeah, Back to the Future. So Biff, I would say this. I always feel like I'd make a decent Bubba. Oh, I feel like I got a lot of Bubba, Bubba. tendencies, was, but you so this, you so <laughs> hit the racial profiler right there. Well, you depends. But, right, but yeah, no, here but, I'm gonna bounce. I'm going to balance the scales for you here because the other name that I'd have waiting in the wings is Darius. So when I was what? growing up, Darius? when I was growing up, in Darius Golick Jr. Darius is a black name. <laughs> yes. So when I was growing up, I grew up, I, I grew up yes. Catholic. Yes. And so when you grew up Catholic, you go through like one of the sacraments is confirmation where you basically as an adult stand up and say, I confirm these beliefs and all that yeah. stuff. And you pick a confirmation name. And at the time, like, I grew up a huge Notre Dame football fan. And so at the time, one of the great players on Notre Dame team was their running back, Darius Walker. And I thought, man, that'd be cool as hell if that was my confirmation name. And so I went, it's got to be correlated to a saint. So I found a saint and made it made sense. But my, like, confirmed name in the Catholic Church is Michael Lewis Darius Golick Jr. I was trying to figure out how the Catholic tie was going to get us to Darius. <laughs> I ain't never heard. I ain't never heard the Catholic tied to a black man. Right. But you made it work, brother. I Somehow, some way. I appreciate it. Hey, appreciate your time, man. All right, Darius. See you later, Darius. <laughs> All right, bitch. <laughs> you are a unique person. You are well worth it, you are competent, and most of all, you're lovable. I'm Steve Smith Sr. I'm Gerard Littlejohn. And this is Cut To It. Cut To It with Steve Smith Sr., that is me, is a production of Cut To It LLC, Balto Creative Media, The Black Effect, and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From Cut To It, executive producer Steve Smith Sr., co-host Gerard Littlejohn, talent and booking manager Joe Fushi, 
social media team, Wesley Robinson and John Show from Balto Creative Media. Cut to it is produced by Brian Baltashevich and Meredith Carter with production assistance by Alex Lebrecht, production coordinator, Taylor Robinson. Theme music by Alex Johnson, lyrics and vocals by Anthony Hamilton. If you ain't heard about it, then we're about to let you know. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped. Now streaming only on Hulu. In the pressure cooker of the NBA playoffs, there's no room to fake it. Every pass, shot, and dribble is immediately consequential. The playoffs are the time for the real. Real stakes, real emotions, real sweat, blood, and tears, real legacies. Which teams will rise from the chaos? Which teams will conquer? Which team is going to make this year their year? You already know when and where to find these moments of unscripted, pure entertainment. The NBA Finals continue. Tune in on ABC. There are moments in life that are so special that you have to capture them and save them forever. They are one of those once-in-a-lifetime events, like your baby's first steps, the first time you bring your family pet home, or your daughter's first dance performance. With iPhone 15 Pro, more storage means you don't have to delete anything that can become a lasting memory one day. And it's important to be able to share these moments with family members who weren't there to see them in person. Store more, share more. Connect with iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T. Get iPhone 15 Pro on AT&T and get an iPad and Apple Watch for 99 cents per month each. AT&T, connecting changes everything. Limited time offer requires 0% APR, 36-month agreement on each. Well-qualified customers, other terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash iPhone for details. 